Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we've got a great overtime malicious compliance story, but first, short staff cleaners, but you want it clean? I heard this story at a union conference about five years ago. It was presented as one of the union victories for the year. There was a company who employed around 20 or so cleaners. The award agreement for the amount of cleaners worked by square feet of floor space, number of toilets, number of hand basins, number of staff kitchens, bins, etc. Both union and management had got to the same number and the staff were worked fairly. After a couple of years, new management took over and stopped using casual cleaners for backfill, for leave, etc. This means every day they're basically short staff, not making the agreement terms. Then a couple of staff leave and aren't replaced. Management starts complaining that the place isn't up to standards and the customers have complained. They threaten the staff with punishment, etc. One of the cleaners calls the union and the union calls an industrial dispute with the employer. In the dispute, the employer has nowhere to go on this. The award spells out the formula for staffing, and the union basically says, If you don't like it, we'll take you to court and you will lose after spending a heap of money. HR argued but basically agreed to employ more staff and put some casuals on. They say, well, it may take a few weeks to advertise and interview, etc, etc, so you'll have to be patient. There was a real feeling that they weren't going to try too hard. The union says, sure, on these conditions. 1. You can no longer threaten punishment about work due to the short staffing. 2. You try your best to get staff. 3. That cleaners will clean only the amount covered by the award each day. 4. Any complaints to be given to the union, not the staff, during this time. The third point becomes the sticking point, but HR agrees on the condition that cleaners make the customer side of the business a priority. It's agreed upon. The union leave with the distinct impression that HR will drag their feet on employing new staff. The union goes to the staff and tells them what happened, and the staff were unhappy about not getting new staff immediately. The union organizer tells them, you only have to clean so much space, so focus on the customer side of the business, and we ask that you not clean any of the HR staff offices, tea rooms, or toilets. The same goes for the executive staff area of any department manager's office. Don't even empty a bin there. Be completely compliant with the offer. So after a week, HR hasn't advertised or employed any new staff, but the cleaners report that all the office kitchens and HR and executive look untidy and the bathrooms smell a bit, that bins are filling up fast, etc. At the beginning of the second week, the union gets a phone call about cleaners not doing their work from HR. The union asks if the customer side is clean, and they agree it's very clean. Well, the union says, this is our agreement. Still, HR doesn't advertise for jobs. By the end of the second week, the CEO asks the cleaners why the offices look terrible. The cleaners say, ring the union. There's complaints coming from everywhere in the company about the state of staff amenities, etc. And the CEO is unhappy. The CEO rings and organizes a meeting with the union for the next day. By this stage, the executive office bins are overflowing. The manager's offices are dusty, the bathrooms are far from clean, and since no cleaner's been in there, there's no soap or toilet paper. In the meeting, the CEO asks what's going on with your union members. 
The union organizer explains about their deal with HR and the short staffing. The union organizer states that we've been completely compliant with what was asked of us. The CEO claims that he was unaware. They're livid. HR is rung and asked to explain. HR gets blasted and the jobs get advertised that day. A deal is struck for overtime for any cleaner who will clean the offices of the executives. The union had the extra staff employed within two weeks plus a casual pool. Some of the union members picked up some handy overtime money too. Every meeting with the company after that was highly productive for the union and its members. I think this just goes to show that unions in most situations can be such a huge thing for your quality of life at your job. I mean, why else would so many companies try to fight against them? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is Death by a Thousand Checks. Background, a notorious laboratory services company, rhymes with Fandor, has a penchant for overcharging by a few dollars for what should be a contracted fee. In most states, lab services are not a copay item and included in the service for a doctor. Typically, an insurer will pay between 25 to 30 US dollars for common lab work. They typically overcharge just enough, for example, 32 US dollars, to cause a small residual charge to remain, normally less than $5. Interestingly enough, they'll send it to collections for such a small amount. Repeated talks to billing to resolve this issue would go nowhere, the person on the other end said, not our problem. So, tired of this residual cost, that's not always known up front either, and tired of giving out my credit card number for a phantom charge later, I decided to fight back. I had a condition that required multiple checks for common blood work come up. Each and every week I went in and declined to offer my credit card, stating, you'll need to bill me. They would try to not serve me without whereas I knew the law and they had to offer me a fixed price for services and a cash way to pay and settle that day. Without a fixed price, they couldn't and were required by law to bill later. Sending a bill costs money, about 2-5 to five US dollars. I would then promptly overpay said bill by exactly $10.68, the minimum amount required by law to be remitted within 30 days. Sending a check costs anywhere from 4 to 20 US dollars, and medical repayments require a HIPAA-compliant processor, so on the high end. So a cost of 25 to 30 for me to be billed, and a repayment check issued. I did this for 6 months, and figured it cost them alone 700 to 800 dollars. Being the only game in town, waiting became an issue. Others were just as hesitant to offer a credit card for payment, and it's common knowledge about collections from this company for trivial charges. I therefore explained the rule of law, showing the statutes and how to complain if they violated them, and how to get back at them. I figure in 26 weeks I had nearly 100 people enjoy the malicious nature of this and decide to apply the rule of law. So, 70 to 80,000 US dollars in costs associated with crappy billing practices that I was aware of. I don't know how many of my conspirators got to go along with it, but I was approached by someone telling me to do the same thing. Seems everyone was tired of it. Next time I had blood work was another series of tests, and I was fully ready to go for another round of malicious check writing. It was amazing. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Not only was the billing correct, it was completely covered by insurance. They no longer asked for a credit card number and seemed to be in line. Service improved at the lab, so wait times went down, since they weren't worried about billing anymore. One tech made the offhand remark that some lady was fired at the billing group, and the new person straightened them out within a few weeks. I just think the sad thing here is this whole thing just reeks of the American medical system. You gotta love healthcare in the US. Our next story is, so long as I'm under your roof, understood. Some background. At the time of the story, I was 20 years old and had just gotten past my probationary period at my new job, earning all the benefits, including insurance, union, etc. As such, I was looking into getting HRT, hormone replacement therapy, something I'd considered for a long time but only came to a solid decision on earlier that year. So I got some appointments set up and everything on my end finalized, which left me with one major hurdle left to clear, my mother. Now, my mother loves and cares for us. She really does, and I respect her in kind. But we've never really gotten along on a personal level. Now, I know my mom has never been the most, uh, politically correct person, and in recent years has only fallen further into that kind of political radicalization, which means I know she doesn't really have a great opinion of trans people. If I'm going to transition, I need to come out. I don't want to get too much into the harsher details, but... It goes about as poorly as you could expect, short of physical abuse or kicking me out. This is about where the compliance starts. One thing she makes sure I get perfectly clear is that, so long as I'm under her roof, I will not be taking any kind of medical procedure to pretend to be a woman. In her words, I'm non-binary actually. Now, I do love, and fear to some extent, my mother despite all this, so I agree to this. 
As such, I sneak out to my appointments and get a prescription for my HRT, which I pick up and stash at work. For six months, I take my medication there, very much not under her roof, which more importantly than being malicious compliance, means it's somewhere she can't find and trash, all which pinching every penny I can afford a down payment on a house. I move out as soon as possible and begin taking it safely and comfortably, and I'm now 11 months into HRT, fully out of her grasp, and happier than I ever could have imagined being in the past. I never did outright tell my mother about my medication or when I started, but she's definitely picked up on the physical changes by now. Surprisingly enough, while she still crows her concerns at me, she's picked up on the fact that I no longer respect any kind of authority she believed she has over me, and has been much more polite while giving me much more space. Our relationship has improved greatly in the past 5 months, and despite everything, I'm looking forward to visiting her for Thanksgiving next week. Perhaps not the nuclear payoff many of you may hope for, but I'm really glad with how things turned out and that I didn't let her cow me into not pursuing this path for myself. What I love is OP was dead set and knew that this is what they wanted to do, and they didn't let the reaction of their mom stop them, put them in a pause, get them worked up. They accepted at face value what they said and just worked as hard as they could to get away from them and continue to do what exactly they wanted to do. Our next story is when 5 minutes became 30 minutes of overtime. So the boss called today to make sure that one of my drivers is not being paid for travel time to his home for his lunch breaks. We work about 50 hours a week presently, so the numbers below are based on overtime wages. Our office is remote from the corporate headquarters and we aren't near our remote locations. One of our installations is within 5 minutes of the employee's home. Since I have complete control over space and time, well, at least my driver's time, I make sure we either pick up or deliver something at this location around 12 noon so he can go home for lunch instead of spending minimum wage dollars on fast food. Have you seen the prices lately? The minimum wage thing is a whole other story. Since we started this process, we've both been going home half an hour earlier since business has kind of been slow. Since the boss sees the weekly timesheets, he knows what time we clock in and out. He's never mentioned the going home early labor savings. The result of the boss's request is that now my driver doesn't get paid a dollar and 38 cents for his travel time from our installation to his home. He would leave home for another delivery or pick up, so there would be no travel time back to our installation. Also, we're now clocking out half an hour later than we had been, costing the company over $8 a day for the driver, along with my wages for that extra half hour. I just don't understand why they felt the need to be strict here. OP's just trying to make things not only like nicer for their workers, but more efficient. They were like, no, we can't have any of that and ruined it for everybody. That said, our final story of the day is mandatory overtime. A few years back, I was working for a work truck manufacturing company. I really enjoyed the work I was doing and I was good at it. Unfortunately, this place had and still does have a reputation as a revolving door due to the disposable view they have of their techs. We were referred to as a heartbeat and tools at one point by the GM. This turnover led to a severe imbalance in experienced versus inexperienced workforce and it was compounded by their answer to production slowdowns. They fired the bottom 20% every winter and would hire new techs with zero experience and mandatory overtime every summer. The latter is the point of my story. 
I've always stood by the adage, I work to live, I don't live to work, meaning I don't care for overtime. I budgeted my life to be able to turn down overtime when offered. I'm a team player, and I will always do my part when needed. However, this pattern of seasonal forced overtime was starting to wear thin. At one point, the company was bought out by a large corporation, and some of our HR policies changed. One change was overtime being calculated on a daily basis instead of weekly. Another change was having 10 unpaid personal days with no reason or notice required to use them. Of course, the average underpaid tech living paycheck to paycheck would never use an unpaid personal day. The company knew that, and it was strictly for PR. They could claim that employees had personal days, even though they never intended for us to use them. It didn't take long for me to realize that with a forced nine and a half hour day, if they worked us 10, they would be required to give us another paid break, and overtime calculated daily, I could call in on Fridays and use my unpaid personal day, but still come out ahead. 32 regular hours plus 6 overtime hours equals the equivalent of 41 regular hours. I decided I'd had enough and I was going to enjoy 10 three-day weekends for my summer. After my third Friday off, I was called into my manager's office. My manager, his manager, and the HR director were waiting for me. I was confronted about taking three Fridays off in a row, and they demanded an explanation or excuse as to why I was taking them off. I calmly referred to our employee handbook, which explains that no excuse or reason is required for personal days. They asked how I could afford to use these unpaid personal days. I had nothing to hide, so I explained the math, much to their surprise. I was then lectured by management, who told me I was abusing the system and I needed to stop or else. The HR director immediately corrected them and told management there was nothing they could do because I wasn't breaking any rules. At that point, I was pretty heated. I told them, I'm one of your top performers and I know it. If I'm disciplined or fired, I'll assume it's because of this meeting and I will seek legal counsel. I have not broken any rules and you should be grateful I haven't pointed out this loophole to the other techs. I got one more Friday off before mandatory overtime was discontinued. I found out later that the general manager was reprimanded when he tried taking the issue to corporate. They found out he was forcing overtime, which was against the corporate policy. The following year, the 10 unpaid days were turned into two extra vacation days. I just have one question here. If this took place in the United States, can you do mandatory overtime? Is that even legal? You can't force somebody to work overtime, can you? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.